women in technology. Are we falling behind or gaining ground? Join us for this exciting first episode of the CG Hour. Stay tuned. episode of the CG Hour, where every month we come to you and feature business leaders, industry leaders, subject matter experts, and thought leaders to talk about the latest business and technology topics. And we are sponsored by Cyber Group, and I'm honored to be your host for the show. My name is Fanny Dunnigan. So let's see who's tuned in online. Uh, I think we have a whole bunch of people across Dallas. Uh, Tracy Phillips, welcome to the show. Mike Rochelle, welcome to the show. Azkar, Ranjita, welcome everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to introduce yourself in the comments. Let people know, let people know what you do. Introduce yourself and feel free to engage with each other. Uh, it is a wonderful place to meet and network with others online in the comments. And I challenge all of you to connect to three new people that you meet in the comments today. It's a great place to network. And uh, let us know where you're tuning in from also. I think we have quite a few people across the different countries and time zones. So it's going to be exciting to meet a lot of people from different areas as well. So I wanted to first let everyone know this is March 9th and yesterday was International Women's Day and it is an exciting time to be celebrating women and that's why this very first episode we're going to be talking all about women in technology and this is also Women's History Month in March. So to kick off this topic I thought we'd share with you some of the important women that were in science, technology, engineering, and math across history. So watch this little clip.
quite a history lesson, isn't it? When I first saw that clip, I didn't even realize some of those wonderful women that were in our history. So let us know, you know, tag somebody in your career and your um, journey that has been an influential technology leader in your life as well. So tag them in the comments below and also let us know what industry. Are you hashtag technology, hashtag oil and gas, hashtag marketing, whatever industry you're in, let us know in the comments. And now I want to introduce these amazing ladies that we have on the panel, leading technology leaders across different industries. First, I want to introduce Jennifer Richardson. Welcome, Jennifer. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, Jennifer is an engineering manager with a demonstrated history of working in both oil and gas as well as retail power. And she's skilled in business process analysis, software development, and product road mapping. She's a strong product manager and application development professional with a BBA degree from Sam Houston State University. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Next, we have Shoba, Shoba Krishnamurthy. She is joining us. She is the senior analyst of Toyota North America. Welcome, Shoba. Thank you for having me, Fanny. Absolutely. She is the data specialist at Toyota Financial Services, working in the digital billing and payment space. She is a technology evangelist and a connector with experience working with international and cross-functional teams and both on the technical and non-technical audiences. She's passionate about constantly learning new things and challenging herself by expanding her horizons. She's also the director at Dallas-Fort Worth Alliance of Technology and Women and is a tireless advocate for increasing the number of women in STEM fields. Perfect for our topic today, Shoba. <laughs> Thank you, Fanny. And finally, last but not least, Lisa Jordan. Hey. Welcome, Lisa. Thanks for joining us. She is the principal at Cyber Group, and she believes that people can solve the most complex and confounding business problems with the right mix of teamwork, processes, and technology. For over 30 years, she's helped business and technology teams create and involve new capabilities from concept to reality. And following a morale-crushing project in 2009, we'll have to talk more about that, Lisa began studying and applying agile principles as a way to improve the experience of work um, for technology teams. And as a consultant and coach, she combines learnings from her agile journey with outsiders in perspective to serve her clients. Thank you for joining us, Lisa. I'm so happy to be here with my friends yeah, today. A wonderful <laughs> panel here. I'd like to know, Lisa, when you saw that video of all those amazing women across history, and that was only five of them, how did that make you feel? So some of those names are even new to me, and, and I thought I knew them all. Um, but I, I think sometimes we forget about the, the just strong history that we have of women in technology and the foundations that they've set. And Grace Hopper is literally my hero. I tried to give my daughter the middle name Grace, and I got vetoed. Um, but she, she really has had a, just a profound impact on how I think about technology and how I think about working in this field. Um, stubbornly, <laughs> yeah. right? Even when the odds are stacked against you. 
And even before the digital world, I saw that programming machine for Ada Lovelace. Yeah. Like, Holy smokes, that's really cool. Yeah. So for this section, we're going to be talking about education, right? For all of you, the education that you have and how that's helped you in your career. So Shobha, I'd like to know, like, what degree did you graduate with? And in your graduating class, what was kind of like the approximate percentage of women? And comparing that to what you saw in your career right now. I'm a double master's, so I started with a master's in business administration, and when I graduated uh, in 2000, 2000, I saw that there were tons and tons of men, but very few women. I would say probably 15 to 18 percent was the percentage of women. I went back and did a master's in artificial intelligence and machine learning, and the numbers were still low. It was still 20 percent. So I was so amazed that, you know, there's been a big difference in time but the number of women in those fields were still really, really, really low. So that, that was not encouraging, but at least we were happy that it is a specialized field. There are women entering specialized fields like artificial intelligence, cybersecurity, which is great, and we need more women in that. For sure. And for those of you, especially the women and men out there in the comments, let us know what technology or degree you graduated with in the comments below. Jennifer, what about you? What degree did you graduate with and what was kind of like the percentage of women in your class? Yeah, so I graduated with a bachelor's in business administration from Sam Houston State. And uh, I would say, just looking back at my classes, it was probably about a two to one male to female ratio. Um, you know, definitely felt outnumbered in my classes, but nothing too extreme. Um, I would say going into the work field, the majority of my time was spent in oil and gas, so you, you can extrapolate that tenfold, <laughs> right? Engineering, yes, engineering yes, yes, yes. Um, but I did see a study recently um, that in 2019, there were actually 1,500 more female graduates at Sam Houston State um, than males. So, I mean, I think that's definitely mm. a vote towards things moving in the right direction. Yeah. What about you, Lisa? Comparing from when you graduated to now in the workforce, how is that percentage? Yeah, I, um, I I graduated with a degree in computer science. I was alone. <laughs> I was, wow. I was an only, only I was class. only woman in my program. Wow. Um, my university probably was about 50-50 in terms of uh, balance between men and women graduates. Uh, but within the computer science program, I was by myself. There was a similar major for uh, business information management. I think it was called BIM at the time. And there were probably two or three women in that program. So there weren't very many of us. Um, early in my career, I was alone. <laughs> you just kind of get used yeah. to, you know, the, the first couple of times you walk into the room and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm the only woman here. And, you know, I think now I've got this mindset of like, woohoo, I'm the only woman. <laughs> um, so I think that now I just feel like bringing that uniqueness is, is fun for me where before it was not as much fun. <laughs> but, I, but I have seen a big shift in terms of technology and, um, was fortunate enough to work on a multi-year project where uh, the CIO was a woman, the two product owners were women, there, were, um, there was a project manager who's a woman, so we had a team that actually was the other balanced the other way. We probably only had about 25% men on that team, and so it was a really unique experience. Um, but so, and, I, and I think we'll see more and more of that as we have more women enter this field. I remember my, when my daughter was looking to take her electives in high school, and I said, why don't you take the engineering 
you know, elective. And she was like, none of my friends are in it. Mm -hmm. There are no girls in that elective. So if I go there, I'm not going to have any friends. So starting from, you know, that's the thought process. Like, I don't have anybody in there, so I don't mm -hmm. want to be the only one. Yeah. Can change from like what Lisa said. Um, I have, I'm the only one, so why don't I start that? And then, you know, things can get different from there. And I think that's one of the reasons we, we wanted to have this show. And one of the themes from International Women's um, Day is that one of their beliefs is to, by having visible women leaders visible online, mm -hmm. across different panels and all that, when we celebrate, identify, increase the visibility of women's achievements, it can help forge equality. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, here's a statistic for you. So 70, this is according to TechCrunch, 74% of girls, so 74%, three quarters almost of the population of girls um, express a desire for a career in STEM fields. So this is during their school days, right? Similar to kind of your daughter's topic here. However, only 18% of women earn computer science bachelors in the US, 18%. And the ratio of men to women in engineering is five to one. Only 25% of jobs in technology are held by women in 2021. So let's, let's expand on that for your daughter and for everyone else. Like, what do you see, why do you think there's this disparity between interests when they're in school to graduating classes and then eventual jobs in technology? How do we go from 75% to 25%? So I think in my opinion and from what I've seen, a lot of these girls don't really get to see what they can be. Mm -hmm. And one of the big things we keep saying is you can see what you can be. So mm -hmm. and they have all this uh, thoughts in their head that STEM feels equivalent to only certain professions. They don't know the extent of what it entails. So that's one of the reasons. And the socioeconomic situations around them also sometimes is not very conducive and they have to take extra effort um, to take those fields um, as against probably, you know, the boys. Um, so that being said, one of the things that I've, I have seen is not having enough information, mm -hmm. not looking at mentors, not looking at other women um, who they can aspire to be. Um, so to me, that that is a big thing that needs to have a change so girls can really see what they can be in the future. Absolutely. And for those of you in the audience, let us know, like, why do you think there's this disparity between the initial interest of girls for STEM topics and school, and then the eventual numbers of those in the workforce and graduating classes? Uh, Jennifer, you're an engineering manager mm -hmm. in an oil and gas field, right? What do you think contributes to this kind of disparity between interests and then eventual reality? Yeah, so I think, you know, until recently, it's been a little location prohibitive, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on where you live. If you're not living in um, a major city that's a tech hub, I think for a lot of young women, especially if you don't have that kind of mentorship or example to follow, um, you might not be as willing to just pick up and move, you know, to a foreign city and, and, and do that. Um, but I think it'll be really interesting to see that with the pandemic and, and so much opening up with work from home possibilities if that doesn't, if we don't see more graduates coming in and doing more of that, right? Mm -hmm. um, really pursuing those degrees and saying, I can, I can stay in my same city and kind of pursue a career in this. Remote mm -hmm. work has certainly opened that up. Right, yeah. Lisa, from your perspective? 
Yeah, and I, so I think if we knew the answer to this question, we would just go fix it because, I, <laughs> you know, and, and, and so I think it's a complex question. But one of the other statistics I saw is that um, women are three times more likely than their male counterparts to still be in a junior technology role after, like after the age of 35. And so we're looking at like people that have like had long careers, lots of experience, and women are still in those junior roles three times more often than their male counterparts at the same age. And so I, I think that part of it is, is that we're looking at, you know, women are looking at possible careers where they see advancement opportunities and they see those long-term possibilities. And we're not seeing women in those management levels. We're not seeing that opportunity for advancement. And so perhaps they're choosing careers where they're still uh, using STEM, but not necessarily in the technology area because they're not seeing that advancement possibility as well. Great point. Mm -hmm. Now, Shoba, you're a member of DFW ATW, which stands for Alliance of Technology and Women, as, as are you, Lisa Jordan, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, but you are um, one of the pivotal members that is helping to do provide STEM opportunities, right, for female students. There's a program, I guess, called Great Minds, and I lead in STEM. Can you talk a bit more about that? and? And why do we even need that outside of school education? So there is there's always this connotation that STEM is classroom-based. Like mm -hmm. Everything that is STEM has to be done within the classroom. So the concept of programs like I lead in STEM is to take that concept out of the classroom into application to solve real-world problems, right? You can use, you can be really passionate about makeup, chemistry, and realize that you can have a career in cosmetic chemistry, cosmetic, yeah. uh, you know, having that background. So I lead in STEM tries to take that portion out of the classroom and provide it on a different setting to children. Uh, we try to be as diverse as possible and make the program reach underrepresented kids. The great thing about it is they have a combination of learning leadership skills, hands-on STEM activity, and exposure to STEM uh, and technologists, both men and women. So the great uh, thing about that is they are seeing a three-pronged approach to the future because they now see that it's not something that's confined within your curriculum of you know K to 12. It goes beyond that and it goes beyond that to use STEM to solve problems. You know, And it can be, we, we expose them to UN sustainable goals. Mm -hmm. We expose them to being sustainable and figuring out what their passion is and who their mentor is and using their skills to probably solve a problem in the future. I, I recently read an article about this Indian girl who graduated in 12th grade and realized that there was no information about Indian women scientists. Wow. So she has written a book, um, collated all the information about scientists from India. Right. So other girls like her and younger can look at it That's and awesome. get inspired and say, okay, these are the things that women have done. Um, so I lead in STEM is all about building that classroom effect outside of the classroom and bringing it to real life. I love that. Yeah, it's almost like we can't dream what we don't see. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? And yeah. for them to see, oh, there's an Indian face or like a face that looks like me, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. that is doing this scientist career or whatever. So then it's almost like a little more reachable, right? Yeah. A little more attainable. Yeah. Shine a light on it and make it more relatable. And the impact can be many, right? Choosing a profession or creating a STEM club. You know, the ripples are really, really big. So we are so happy to see. This is the third year we are doing it, and the impact has been amazing. Yeah. 
And Lisa, you're a member of Alliance of Technology and Women. For the audience out there that don't know about it, can you give a quick summary of what that ATW does and sure. represents? Sure. So we've already touched on it a little bit. Our mission is twofold. First of all, it's increasing the pipeline of women entering fields in technology. And second, it's helping women once they're in that field to advance their careers. And um, that is everything we do aligns with that mission. We've got the programs where we have outreach at the middle school, high school level, but we also have programs that uh, are for women who are returning to work after taking a gap. Um, we have leadership programs for women who are trying to advance. Um, and we also offer networking. And it's one of our, like it is our claim to fame. It's the most simple thing that we do, but we offer the opportunity for women to network with other technology professionals. Um, and our environment is um, is so good for that and and so welcoming. And, uh, and I think that's a really important part of just building your career. I love that. I'm just looking at some of the comments in the LinkedIn feed here. Dolores was saying, we definitely need more women and girls in STEM fields. If I could go back in time, I feel that I would have chosen my career path differently. Interesting. Awesome. Mm. Yeah, for sure. It's, we don't know what we don't know. Right. Like I, mm -hmm. I always struggle with that. And um, But uh, let's go to a quick break here to highlight one of Alliance of Technology and Women events. Hi, I'm Lisa Jordan. I'm a principal here at Cyber Group, and we are so proud to be a sponsor of Dallas Fort Worth Alliance of Technology and Women. This organization means a lot to me personally because its mission is bringing more women and girls into the field of technology and also helping women that are already working in technology elevate their careers into leadership positions. We just believe that technology is for all. And this is such a great career. I've certainly benefited from it. And I just want to see more women be able to enjoy careers in technology. Our next event is March the 10th. We have a speaker, Brandy Shade, who's going to be talking to us about a strengths-based leadership. And I'm sure it's just gonna be a great, a great, uh, opportunity for us to learn from her. I also want to highlight another program that we're getting ready to kick off for Alliance of Technology and Women, and that is the I Lead in STEM program. It's run through our Great Minds Committee, and this is the group that works with young women and girls to help them find their interest in STEM careers. Uh, this is going to be a really great year. They have some fantastic tools that they'll be uh, sending out and will be more hands-on for the first time with this group. And I know that it's uh, it's just going to be such a great program. That's kicking off very soon. Um, I don't think it's too late to sign up for that cohort. So if you know someone who might be interested in participating, just direct them to our site bfwatw.org. That is where you can register for the event I mentioned earlier, and you can find out all the information about this uh, cohort for iLead and STEM. You can learn about some of the other things that we have going on, all of our programs, and you can also learn about becoming a member. We'd love to have you join and be a part of our organization.
So be sure to register for that upcoming event at Alliance of Technology and Women. You'll see some of those URLs there in the comments and we'll follow up with some on the feed as well. I wanted to read this very interesting comment and this mini story that someone shared in the comments. Christina Newman says, I grew up with my father being a computer programmer. I remember when he worked at IBM in the 80s and the modem was taller than me. He took my brother under his wing and I always wish I would, it would have been me. Aww. So Christina, thank you for sharing that. Um, and, and I think it's stories like that that make sessions like this important. Right. Um, the more we talk about it, the more awareness we have, the more we can kind of break down those barriers and biases. Um, and then a quick shout out to Asgar as well, Chowdhury from Cyber Group. He says, equally important is to provide continued growth for women in technology, get rid of artificial ceilings and more will come mm -hmm. for sure. So let's get into the career section of this talk. Um, Jennifer, tell us like from graduating with your degree to now engineering manager at an oil and gas company, what was that path you took? And can you share maybe one challenge that you faced along the way and, and something you learned from that? Yeah. So um, if I'm being honest, technology was really something that came out of left field for me. Mm -hmm. um, when I was going to school, I was very intent on becoming an HR professional. That's what I thought my degree was going to be in. Um, but I was also looking at HR through the lens of, um, you know, it's kind of the more sexier things of talent acquisition, compensation, culture building, all the, all the fun things when you think of HR. Um, so while I was in school, I joined um, this oil and gas company just really as a temp trying to get a feel for what corporate life was like. Um, and I, I made my way over to the HR department. I wanted some practical, like real life applied experience there as I was pursuing my major and realized I don't really like HR. <laughs> um, I mean, no, nothing at all against HR, but for me, the experience at the time, it was very, very payroll and benefit centric. And for a young girl going through, like, those are some really heavy topics. You know, you've got people calling in that, um, may have missed a paycheck or they're asking for benefits extensions. So anyway, uh, IT at the time, we were going through this major payroll migration. And um, I, I just, I, I quickly grasped onto it. I, I really pride myself on understanding and picking up on process quickly um, and, and technology just as an end user. So um, I quickly became the point of contact for IT for things like just explain requirements to us, help us with some end user testing. Um, and really one thing led to another, I was approached to come over onto the IT side. Um, they had a, a, a gap in understanding international HR and um, I, considering everything I was going through at the time, you know, fielding those kind of questions and um, I, I jumped at it. I, the, the really, the big thing for me was I felt like, I felt kind of helpless. I had um, problems coming in through from employees and I was pitching them over the fence to IT a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to be a part of the solution. So when I was approached with it, I said, yes, let me see what's behind the veil. I, I want to be a, a part of fixing these problems. Mm -hmm. um, so really one thing just led to another. I just, I picked up more projects. I picked up more skills, but 
very much at that time, I was the only one of my kind. I was the only business analyst. I think there might have been two or three other women in the department, but we weren't working together on the same projects. Very much felt alone, you know, in that regard. Um, but but yeah, from there, I just I, I continued to build my skills. And um, if if I were to recall, I guess one specific challenge going through that, I would say there was maybe a bit of uh, intimidation or feeling like um, I didn't belong because I didn't come from a technical background. I, I didn't get a degree in computer science. I don't have a coding background. Um, so really finding my place in that regard. And um, all in all, it's just, it's kind of opened my eyes to IT isn't just all coding and architecture, right? It, there's a lot of business process. There's a lot of relationship building and partnership between IT and the business that goes on. So. Um, if there's a message that I would give anybody that's interested in, in a career in technology that, you know, if, if coding and architecture and database and uh, data science is of interest to you, yes, pursue that, go after that. But if, if you have a desire for project management and you like relationship building and, and, and process building, like, that's, consider IT because, you know, there's definitely a need for that. And listening to you, it brings home, I think, the, also the importance of communications. Yes. Right? If I if I heard it right, it sounds like one of the things that you did really well was be able to communicate these complex IT data techie terms and things yes. to the end user, right? Yes. So in a way like that importance of communication skills and translating that for the user. Right. That's an important yes. part of any digital transformation. Oh yes. Yes, being being able to be that liaison and kind of fluctuate between both worlds and speak both languages. I mean, that that's a skill in itself for sure. Awesome, awesome. What about you, Shoba? Like from when you graduated to where you are now, give us a highlight of that career path and kind of your journey and, and challenges and lessons you learned. My experience was very different. I was hired uh, in a private bank in India right out of college mm -hmm. um, for retail banking. But then the bank was going through digitization at that point. We did not have um, anywhere ATMs and um, complete connectivity. So that was the process I was recruited for. And they requested me to help with user testing. They said, we need somebody who can communicate requirements because you're working in the bank and what we've built as a backend. So that was my first official being getting into <laughs> IT because I said, I'm not getting into information technology. I'm fine with being in retail banking. That was me. <laughs> and then, you know, I slowly got pulled into user testing and understanding what the product was and giving feedback. And here I was starting to write stories officially. So that's how my journey started. Coming to the US, again, I had to take a back seat because we were on a, a phase where we had to let, I had to let my husband take the front seat. He was traveling and I had to take a back seat. But I got my first stint back. Um, I joined a woman-owned business, uh, Shanti, and uh, mm -hmm. she uh, she was the one who gave me my first break back, and it was amazing working for her small company. Uh, it's been challenging through because, to Jennifer's point, you always see that sometimes you're the only woman in a, in a room mm -hmm. uh, communicating what you want to say. But I've learned that if you're confident and you've done your homework and you put across your points really confidently and you know what you're talking about, it doesn't matter if everybody else is against you, you still can really convince the person across the table. So that has helped me and the growth mindset, learning and being willing to take feedback, learning and putting in hard work to be able to speak the same language as different groups. It's different countries 
different technologies, it doesn't matter. As long as you're able to have the growth mindset and learn constantly, um, you know, you, you can be recruited to know one technology, but that's going to change in a couple of years. So as long as you're willing to change and learn, I think that's all matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for those of you in the audience, whether you're in technology, business, women, men, how have what lessons have you learned in your career as well? Share it in the comments below and exchange advice across the comments. Lisa, what about you from your perspective? How did you go Gosh. from graduation to... Yeah, and I was computer science group. all the way, all the way computer science. <laughs> um, so I, I will say this, this is, you know, this is, uh, I don't think anybody's career is a ladder. I don't think, any, I think we should stop using that analogy altogether. And so when I started to think about, you know, the arc of my career, it's been, I don't know, like a parkour course. It's, Somebody know, said compared it to a web. <laughs> yeah, or, or those jungle gyms, like the playground jungle gyms. So it's, it's been a little bit like that. But, so I started out writing code um, and realized pretty quickly that I had made a horrible mistake. <laughs> um, similar. It, it was just, it, it was a job that was lonely. I was by myself, worked by myself almost all the time. And it was also, it, it was a little boring. I mean, I, I loved the problem solving piece at the front end and I loved figuring out how to get the solution to work and I loved learning about what people's needs were. And then you'd go back and you'd solve the problem, you'd write the code. And then it was just this long kind of translating into another language and testing and all that stuff. And that part for me was just like, I, you know, get, bring me the next problem. That's what I want. I just want to, I just want to solve that next problem. And, and so I, I made a career shift into uh, IT uh, consulting because that was, uh, you know, that was our thing. We, we solved problems with technology and, and it was a, a really uh, exciting opportunity. It was a great time. And so I've had this fantastic career. I took a little uh, off-ramp for a while as a product owner, product manager for a couple of software products, and then it went back to consulting. It's just my first love, and um, and so worked by myself for a little while. I had a uh, had my own consulting business for a little while, and uh, about three years ago, I joined Cyber Group, and just really happy to be part of a collective again, mm-hmm. uh, just to have those peers that you can bounce ideas off of and 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 uh, work together. So sometimes our greatest pain points become our greatest lesson. And I remember you said, your morale crushing project. <laughs> Let's talk about the morale crushing project. I, Her words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to name, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not naming names, not naming anything. But but let me set, let me set the stage for you because we were, um, it was a project that had, um, been optimistically planned, uh, not enough budget, uh, not enough time allocated, not really understanding the depth of complexity, um, and it just kept running and running. And uh, we went back to the well for funding multiple times, but at the end of it, we were working 70-hour weeks, 80-hour weeks, weekends, nights, holidays, and my point of realization was midnight on New Year's Eve oh. when we were going live finally. And it was this relief, right? So like finally we're rolling everything out. We're doing the final data migration. And it's at that point in time, I'm like, oh my gosh, there are 30 people up right now doing this. Yeah. 
instead of thinking about New Year's. <laughs> and and it was that point of reflection where, you know, technology brings us so many cool things. We, you know, somebody writes a little piece of automation and a whole department's lives are better, right? right. Their jobs are right. easier. They are able to work with their customers better. Um, it, it, the Zoom technology that allows all of us to collaborate and has kept us going during the pandemic, all of those little pieces of technology make everybody else's lives better. And I'm like, let's work on making the technology people's lives mm. better because who mm. takes care of them? So that's when I decided to kind of step into that and, and start thinking about, are there better ways for us to work um, as technology organizations? I want to go around the room and just ask like, for your one piece of advice for women out there and even the men, like navigating a career in technology, um, what would that one piece of advice be, Shoba? learn and don't get intimidated it's fine like everybody is human and we make mistakes it's okay to make mistake but make a mistake and learn fast so you're able mm -hmm. to deliver and own up to say that you don't know something but you're willing to learn mm -hmm. I've, I've learned that honesty and being truthful sometimes every time always helps if you feel challenged and learn to put in the hard work because nothing comes easy mm. yes so number one, learn. Mm -hmm. What about you, Jennifer? Mm -hmm. um, I would say seek out a mentor. You know, I know that might sound easier said than done, and there's networking that is part of that that can be kind of intimidating. Um, but I think for the most part, um, you, you can really appeal to somebody by reaching out to them and asking, how did you get to where you are? I'd love to learn more. And, you know, I'm looking for a mentor. Can we just meet on, you know, mm -hmm. have coffee on a recurring basis? Um, so on the flip side of that, if, if, you know, if you are a woman in technology that's, you know, established herself, make yourself available also as a mentor. Um, I know also it's been kind of hard with us being remote and, and those things, but um, I mean, I think I'm tagged in this. Reach out to me. I'm happy to, you know, uh, talk to anybody. So I think that's very important. For sure of advice, Lisa? Yeah, I'm going to say learn how to tell that voice in your head that says you're not enough to just shh oh. for a minute. Um, and yeah, <laughs> because and and lifelong learning gives you that confidence to just tell her to be quiet. <laughs> um, having a mentor will help you just knowing that there's somebody else that can give you that advice. But but you have to like you're going to be alone in a room someday. You're going to be the only woman there. You're going to be maybe the only representative from the technology group in that room as well. And you need to be able to be in there and be confident, be in that space and just to quiet that inner critic and, and do, you know, show up, be you and do the work that you know that you were, you're, you're, you've worked hard to get there, do the work that you're meant to do. Mm -hmm. There you go, folks, learn, find a mentor, and let's shut that inner critic out. <laughs> <laughs> Darn that head. <laughs> um, and uh, Dolores in the comments below sharing her advice, stay true to yourself. David Cause, find your lane. Yes, absolutely. Um, Jennifer, now I can see you from that purple circle around your LinkedIn profile that you're hiring, right? You're yes. basically hiring yep. the next generation of talent right now. And we get a lot of job seekers as well out mm -hmm. there on LinkedIn land. What are you looking for in candidates? What are some pieces of advice and tips that you would have for those navigating a technology career yeah. from a hiring perspective? Yeah, yeah. So I would say, uh, aside from skill, 
all the things that you might see in the in the job description. Um, hungry learners, very very much to your point. If you're if you're seeking a career in technology, you've always got to have an appetite for learning. Um, things are always changing. You've got to stay abreast of the latest and greatest. Um, and second to that, um, I'm, I'm building a team from scratch. So I'm looking for um, people that are interested in, in, in connecting with others and helping me build that community, right? You have, you take an interest in others. Um, you, you want to mentor others or, you know, you're, you're open to um, just that connection in that community. It's just, I keep going back to us being remote in the pandemic and that just adding this this layer of difficulty, but you know, it's real and that's, it's made things hard on teams. So, um, you know, just people that can be that sticky glue and help, you know, bond a team. Yeah. yeah. I wanna give a shout out to Sheila in the comments. She raises a really good point because we could start off in a certain career, but nowadays, everything's digital. We're touched by technology, cameras here, we're live streaming. And she makes a really good point. She's a what self-proclaimed recovering attorney <laughs> who realized that technology is here to stay. I want it to yield to me, not me to it, and stay relevant in the workforce. So she merged business, legal, and technology. How amazing is that, right? When you That's just bring phenomenal. everything together and then uh, earned certifications, now transitioning to governance, regulation, and compliance to implement technical related process controls. Mm -hmm. So I think all of us are kind of like mid-career here, right? It's never too late, even for those mm -hmm. of you out there. There's a lot of folks going through tra career transitions. It's never too late pick up some certifications, pick up some extra learning, and build those communication skills. Be curious. So I want to cut to a quick break here and showcase another one of the upcoming events. This is the Energy Marketing Conference event that Cyber Group is sponsoring for their CEO Roundtable. Let's roll that tape. It's Jonathan Goldstein here from the Energy and Utilities Practice at Cyber Group. So excited to be talking to you today about EMC 17, March 28th to the 29th, live in person at the downtown Houston Hyatt Regency Hotel. We are so excited to be sponsoring the CEO Roundtable this year, led by our good friend and board member, Daryl Brown. He has brought together an esteemed panel of industry executives to talk about the topic of where do we go from here. Also, don't forget to come down to our booth in the exhibit hall where we will be showing our Ignite Connects low-code, no-code integration platform and sharing client success stories from our Salesforce practice. Don't forget EMC 17, March 28th to the 29th, High Regency Hotel, downtown Houston. See you there. So for those of you that are going to the Energy Marketing Conference, be sure to check out Cyber Group's booth and panel. So let's look to the future now, next steps. Right? We went through education and career, looking forward to the future, and you touched a bit about it, Jennifer, about the importance of mentors. Right? A 2019 study found that professional mentoring is strongly associated with higher mentee salaries. Okay. Uh, tell me, 
Lisa, have you had a mentor in your life and how has that shaped your career? So many mentors, <laughs> mentors plural, um, but let's focus on the women and I'm gonna name names. If I think that's Please. probably appropriate. Yeah. So when I was at um, Deloitte, Cindy Shirk uh, really took me under her wing and I had the opportunity to work with her later as well. And I just learned a lot from her leadership style and just really loved working with her. Um, and then later in my career, I worked a lot with Anne Michelle Bolin, who is a CIO and a, really a close friend now, but also um, just loved her collaborative style, the way that she worked with her team, the way that she built her team. Um, and, and again, just learned a lot about, about leadership and about uh, making your way through technology when you're a woman in this field. So um, have had, both of them just had a profound impact on my career. What about you, Shoba, a mentor that's kind of helped shape your career? I've had a lot of mentors, but not in the sense of having one mentor mm -hmm. uh, per se. I think I look to a lot of people as being my mentors. Um, Lisa has guided me <laughs> a lot. And I have women around me um, who I draw inspiration from. So they are all my virtual mentors all the time. And I think that helps because you're never going to be in one space and probably uh, not be in the same situation every time. So if you're able to draw the people around you who you think is doing the right thing, I really, and you've been my mentor, uh, Fanny, you know that, <laughs> you. Uh, in terms of being out there and speaking on video and content creation, you've really done a lot for me. So it, it's just little things, little skills that I feel I need to pick up. And being in ATW, just being a whale of women around me who've been my mentors. So I look at them, I learn from them, and I try to plug in my skills um, that I don't have at work with what I can do at ATW. So that's been amazing for me. And I think I strongly urge women out there in transition or if you're working, um, if you want to move up in your, in your careers, do volunteer with a professional organization like ATW. And that's really going to help you build a lot of skills. Absolutely. For those of you out there, tag your mentor, give them a <laughs> shout out, give them a thanks and note of gratitude in the comments so that you can highlight them as well. Jennifer, what about you, a mentor that's kind of helped guide your career and something you learned from them? Yeah, I'm, I can think of several as well. I mean, both in the workplace and personally, right? It's, it's, it's awesome to find um, other women that maybe you haven't worked alongside with, but understand corporate life or, you know, that you can bounce things off of. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I can think of some, they've just... I, they're almost like angels, right? <laughs> that you can go to and they're gonna be honest with you. Um, but yeah, very thankful for the mentors in my life and um, really don't think that I would be where I am today if it wasn't for it, so. What was one tip you picked up from one of your mentors? Oh, um, I think just, um, you know, don't, don't be afraid to speak your mind. You know, if you've got an idea, yeah. um, speak up. I, I think that can be, for us especially, mm -hmm. you know, being the only female in the room sometimes, it can be easy to just kind of be quiet and let others speak, but uh, just make sure that you're heard. Um, I think the other great thing, I can think of one mentor specifically who is always in, in a lot of my meetings with me, we almost had this unspoken, um, I don't know, relationship where you would, if, if, you had, if you had a good idea, they would help elevate that idea, mm -hmm. repeat it for you in the room, right? Amplify uh, it. Amplify it, yes. Or, um, you know, share the idea and give you credit, right? 
Um, and I think that's something we can do for each other as a mentor or not, right? That's great. Lisa, you mentor a lot of folks at Cybergroup, ATW, Association of Technology and Profe uh, Women. Give us some tips for women in various careers. So midway in our career, mm -hmm. what can we do to mentor um, those that are starting out in their career and to encourage them? Give yeah. us some advice on that. So I have, I, I have multiple ideas, so bear with me. I, if, first of all, I think um, set the example, be visible. Mm -hmm. There are people that you're mentoring and you don't know it because they're just watching how you work or they're, they're picking something up from you. And so but kind of hinted at that earlier. There are people that, that I think of as my mentors, but we've never had that conversation. I just watch what they do and I emulate it. And so, you know, set that example and be visible. Um, make yourself visible as a woman in IT, as a leader, so that, um, so that other people can see that, right? Um, I think the second uh, piece is to uh, be available. Uh, and that means maybe 10.30 at night when somebody's reaching out and saying, oh my gosh, I've worried about this all day. I don't know what to do. Can I just bounce some ideas off of you? And you just need to be available to those people when they reach out um, and, and, and work through it with them. Um, and then the third thing I'd say is actually I'm borrowing from a book called Radical Candor, uh, and there are, she has like four quadrants for how how we provide communication and how we provide feedback, um, and she encourages that direct communication, right? That radical candor. I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm going to be very direct with you, but it's balanced. Like if that's all you're doing and you don't really care then you're a jerk, <laughs> right? And so she combines that with this care personally. So if you have that relationship with that other person and you've had that conversation, and they're like, look, I'd really like to talk with you often. I'd, I'd love, you know, I'd love to learn from you. I'd love for you to be my mentor. You need to always make sure that you've established that care personally. Really, I care about that person that I'm talking with and, and I want them to know that um, ahead of time, right? Because I am going to give them direct feedback. I'm going to be, I'm going to be brutally honest with them, right? Because I'm not going to waste their time. If they've come to me, I'm not wasting their time. I'm actually going to be honest. I'm going to tell them what I think, but I have to balance it with caring personally mm -hmm. so that you're, you're a mentor and not a jerk. Right. <laughs> right. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> You know, um, I'd love to see in the comments below, like, share your advice for other people to mentor and your mentoring advice. <coughs> Excuse me. So a lot has happened with the pandemic. It's been two years since March 2020, that fateful day, <laughs> my goodness. And, um, excuse me. And so we've had to really adjust the way we work and... We've had kids not going to school, and so they're at home. So mm -hmm. we're juggling work, we're juggling kids at home, especially mm -hmm. young kids at home. And so there's been studies that have shown that the pandemic has really impacted women's career path, um, just in terms of just, and men's too, fathers too. But as far as today's topic, like Jennifer, you, we were talking a little mm -hmm. bit about that. What have you seen the impact of the pandemic on juggling kids at home and careers and mm. remote work and like 
I, I've heard that people have had to take pauses or mm -hmm. resign from jobs due to that kind of childcare need. Any right. thoughts on that? What right. have you seen? Yeah, I mean, I, certainly women have taken a hit. Um, and not, I've, you know, certainly having kids at home when we were all locked down and, you know, schools not being open, that, absolutely. Um, but also having sick family members, you know, and having to tend to that is just what a blow the whole thing has been to all of us, right? Um, but, you know, I, I, I think there's a bit of a silver lining. There's kind of, there, there's pros and cons. I do wholeheartedly, there's been a, certainly a detriment to women in that, you know, we're not getting that face-to-face -face time in person right now. It's already, we kind of feel like our voices are quieted, you know, not being able to show up to work or, you know, having to do things by way of conference call, that's certainly um, added to that. Um, but I think there's a silver lining in this in that um, working remote, I think women have been able to prove and employers have been able to see how well we can juggle personal and, and work, right? And if anything, for, you know, not being the, as productive, more productive than we were prior to. So um, I think in a bit, in, in a way, it was kind of empowering in that way. And um, I'll be interested to see how much, how much more flexibility we see in that, right? Yeah. In the workplace. Mm -hmm. For sure. So looking towards the future now, right? We have endless possibilities, endless programs. For those of you out there, definitely join different associations. Let's leave with what would be your message of hope, Lisa, for women in technology and looking towards the future? I, technology now is so inseparable from everything that we do. And so, you know, now I think everybody that, every woman that works is actually gonna be a woman in technology. They just don't know it yet. But yeah. <laughs> my, hope, my hope is, is that this career, that te technology, really focusing on it as a career, becomes something that is a visible, viable option for women. Women see the success that's there, that they choose this as their career. Um, this is a, you know, it's been a highly rewarding space for me and, and it will be a highly rewarding space for you. If this is your thing, it will be a highly rewarding space for you. And if focusing completely on technology is not your thing, um, then I think, you know, as business and technology converge more and more, if you're working, you're going to be also working in technology. <laughs> so. We all sit on the computer yeah. most of the time. Yeah. It's true. What about you, Shoba? Looking towards 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, what's your hope for women in technology? I think my hope is that every profession is going to have technology, as what Lisa said, and uh, girls should not be afraid to explore, um, to be an entrepreneur, to be, to be a problem solver. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter if it's just something that she's doing in her garage, building something up. It could, it could become a prototype for something bigger. Like, so they have to not be f afraid to take that step, you know, it's okay to fail, but then mm -hmm. try it and probably you'll love it. And, and I, I remember one thing you told me, Franny, mm -hmm. you told me to think about what are the two things you're passionate about, right? Mm -hmm. And then you said, if you want to be an entrepreneur, combine those two into something that you want to do in the future, because that's going to make you happy and keep you passionate. 
So I would say the hope for the future is that, like, we now see that no profession is outside of anybody else's, um, you know, it's, it's not possible to say you can't do this. Anybody mm -hmm. can do anything. So if you want to do something, go try it, figure it out, get a, find a mentor, and then make sure that you do it. If you don't do it, it's fine. You've just found one way you can do it. Now find another way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that example you had of, like, if you're interested in cosmetics, but you also like chemistry and technology, you could design cosmetics, yes, right? Yes, mm -hmm. A technology career doesn't mean just programming or coding, right? Mm -hmm. It can be so many things. What about you, your hope for the future, Jennifer? Yeah, I love what you said, Lisa, about uh, women being in technology and just not even knowing it. It's, I, <laughs> I think that's just going to become a reality um, more and more. But uh, more sororities like this. Like, I love this, that we were mm -hmm. able to um, just get together and talk about these topics. This is, this is how the word gets out and um, I think how women realize that there's there's a place for me um, but yeah that would be my hope absolutely so before we wrap up we just want to give another shout out to another association this is the Association of Business Technology Professionals sharing about their upcoming event Hello everybody, this is Mike Rochelle. I'm really excited to talk about the March 22nd Association for Business Technology Professionals meeting. We're gonna be hearing from Chad Gunderson, who's a producer for The Chosen, which is the largest crowdsourced uh, video program that's ever been. Uh, they've been very successful. He's also gonna be talking about how a very small shop through technical advances uh, can compete with Hollywood. It's a, it's a real David versus Goliath kind of a situation. So I look forward to seeing you there at uh, 5.30 p.m. at the Las Colinas Country Club on March 22nd. Thanks and have a good day. Bye-bye. So be sure to register for that topic as well as at abtpdfw.org. The hour went by fast, right? Like, it did. Yeah. It did. <laughs> but I love your comment about like, it really is about sisterhood and building this kind of culture, highlighting different things. And, um, and that's the whole goal of this CG Hour is to really bring people together, talk about the latest topics around business and technology and have experts like yourselves share your insights and advice. So thank you. Thank you all for your amazing advice and insights. Thank you to Cyber Group for bringing this amazing event together. And uh, we're going to be doing this every month, the second Wednesday of every month. And next month, we're going to be talking about building community and culture. That will be on April 13th at 12 noon, same time, every second Wednesday of the month. And uh, yeah, let's, we need more of this. Right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Out there, go out there, go mentor somebody, take some of the amazing advice that these women have shared. And I'm going to finish with this tagline of Cyber Group because I think it cuts across all of us. And that is people first, driven to transform. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. Let us know in the feedback and comments your thoughts. Bye now.